I'm Asmodeus, from the Strange and Unusual podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you are brand new to the show, this podcast is all about Magic the Gathering with a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons sprinkled in here and there and whatever else I feel like talking about. But this week I brought on a really cool guy, uh, goes by the name of Brian Oksher. If you don't know who that is, you may be more familiar with his D&D persona, Carl with a K from the You Meet in a Tavern D&D Actual Play podcast. If we talked about magic, we talked a lot about D&D, and it was just a guy that I really wanted to interview and me, and it's one of my, pro- probably my favorite D&D Actual Play podcasts right now. And if you're even if you're not a fan of D&D at all, just do yourself a favor and listen to the show. It is so well done, and it's so, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. But, As usual, before we begin, uh, let's get some ads out of the way, and I really hope you enjoy this interview here. Jazzy, what does the calculator say about the shipping costs? It's over $9! What? $9? There's no way that could be right! At LegitMTG.com, we don't charge shipping for any order over $2 or more. We're not like those other guys who make you spend an arm and a leg to get free shipping. Come on down to LegitMTG.com for all your magic needs and be sure to get that free shipping special. That's LegitMTG.com. Visit today. Hello. Hello, how are you? Doing alright, and you? Not too bad. Ready for Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, man! I'm super pumped. Oh, you want to do some video too? I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Okay, it's really know. up to you. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you can't see me. Press the button below to start my video. Hey, oh, there we go. There we oh, go. There. I've got two webcams. I'm never sure which one it's going to use. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it going, man? It's going well. Ready, ready for Thanksgiving. Start getting ready for Christmas. Oh, I know. We we just we just watched our first um holiday movie too. Oh, already? Yep. Man, we we try and wait till at least after Thanksgiving. Oh no, no, no. We're um we're ready for. It. Do I sound okay? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, we just finished watching Jingle All the Way. Okay. Sure. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that one? It's been a while. This one with uh, Arnold. That's Arnold? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sinbad? Yep. Yep. Um, I love it. It's been a while. I love it, man. So um, we're actually already recording here, so okay. we, I guess we can just get right into it. Yeah, So works for um, me. Uh, usually what I like to do is do a little intro of you know, introducing who you are and... Um, you know, and basically what you do. Okay. Sounds good to me. And, um, all right. So Zuby here, I'm with Brian. I'm going to mess up your last name. Oxier. That's actually really good. It's Oxier. 
Oh, Oksher. Okay. Yeah, perfect. And he's probably more known in the D&D community as Carl with a K from the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. And I brought him on here to talk. Uh, I know you're a magic player as well, but also talk about your D&D podcast. And I don't just shoot the shit, basically. Sounds good to me. Ready so, to go. All right. Awesome. So I guess um, is there anything else I missed here about uh, D&D uh, magic? Um no, that's that's really about it. Um, <laughs> as far as D and D community, we've only been around now for nine months, so not quite a year. Um, but we we seem to have a good following and a good community that is very active. Oh yeah, definitely. I came across you meet in a tavern. I think Joe was. I think doing. Um, Crap, what do you call it? The the podcast swap, the ad swap. Oh, yeah. The Tomb uh, of Annihilation? Yeah. Uh, when it, he, he was doing the ad swaps, it was like you guys only had maybe two or three episodes up at the time. And he, he was going on Reddit asking for people like, hey, you want to swap oh, ads yeah, and yeah. all that. Yep. And, and that's how I came across you guys. And I, I gave you guys my ad, and you played it in one of the episodes. I don't remember which one, but... um. It was one of the early episodes, and then, like I said, I think you guys only had two or three or maybe four episodes at the time, and and I hadn't really listened to actual play podcasts before then. Um, I'd always had tried watching, you know, other people play D anD D on Twitch, like Critical right. Role or or any of those, and I just I couldn't get into it. Even though I love D anD D and I love playing, it was just. I don't know, just watching someone, it, it felt hard, but I never thought of it in a podcast format, though, you know? Yeah. And it it feels easier for me personally to listen to it in a podcast format because I have a long commute anyway, so right. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. I commute, and uh, I actually have a job where I can listen to podcasts uh, yeah. pretty much all the time, so... Currently, it's a lot of fantasy football, but when it's not, it's a lot of magic. I uh, don't really listen to many actual play podcasts, uh, but that's because mostly it's been football season. Once that passes, I'll seek out a couple. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so like I said, when I came across your guys' episode, I will admit, when I first listened to the first episode, I'm, I was kind of like... Eh, it's okay. <laughs> we I mean, have that same. We had the same thought. Uh, <laughs> the first couple episodes were really rough. None of us had a ton of Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, we still don't have a ton of Dungeons and Dragons experience, and we're just kind of still figuring things out along the way as we go. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because um, I think I've heard Joe talk about. And Joe's the DM. In case I didn't say, in case I didn't yes. say that to the audience, um, that I think I've heard him on Tales of the Fandom podcast, yep. or I read from somewhere else that he actually has played D and D before, and got you guys together to basically basically say like, "Hey, I want to do this for two years, and are you willing to join?" Right. So Joe had Joe was a teacher. Uh, and he was they needed a sponsor for a Dungeons and Dragons group. He 
volunteered for that Mm -hmm. out of the kindness of his heart. Uh, He got interested in playing, and then probably January, uh, he reached out to the other members members of our podcast, Kirk and Jamal, um, and that, you know, they were looking for a fourth, and I was lucky enough to be chosen, I guess, (laughs) and uh, I had no real... no real Dungeons and Dragons experience, nor did Jamal. Uh, Kirk had played before, but in spurts, and Jamal or Joe had his two years of being a sponsor, basically. Okay. Okay, cool. So just so I remember, you play Brian, you play Carl with a K. He's right. the human paladin, right? Human paladin. All right, uh, and then Kirk, he plays oh, Tug crap. Mugbar. Tug Mugbar, that's right, and he's the the halfling, <laughs> the or, halfling monk. Yeah, halfling monk. And Jamal, he plays the. Is he an elf? He's or? an elf, elvish druid. Elvish druid, that's right. Yep. And, and then um, Joe does all the NPCs. Yes. <laughs> Most and, popular is Eugene the Rat. Yes, he is my favorite. He's <laughs> <laughs> everybody's favorite. <laughs> And I and I've heard stories where he wasn't even meant to even be in, you know like a character at all. Right. So the, like the first episode, Joe gave basically Jamal three animals to choose from, like an, a cool owl. I don't remember what the other one was, and then this like brown dingy rat. And of course, the rat is the one that he chooses. <laughs> No, that's cool. So how do you guys actually record the podcast and all that? So every we do a Skype conference call, and then everybody records their own audio through Audacity. Uh, except for Kirk. He comes to my house, and we record. And then Joe splices everything together. Uh, he normally has to leave. If we record for three hours, an hour of it is probably useless. Um, just because we, we get off the rails, we go down yeah. tangents, just like your normal, like if you play in with your friends is bound to happen, but is not fit to put out in podcast form. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've heard Joe talk about too, is that when you're especially recording a live, you know, actual play podcast is you have to edit it down to where it makes a coherent story. Yes. In a sense, where, like you said, when I'm playing with friends and all that, oh, there's so many times we go off the rails or on tangents or have to spend five or ten minutes looking up a certain rule and interaction. And, yeah, that doesn't make for good radio. Well, and a, a lot sense. of times, like, we still have those moments where we have to look something up. Um, but a lot of times, Joe will kind of let us go with our imagination as long as it's something that cool and makes sense for the story then typically he'll allow it we don't we don't stay strictly to the rules because it's you know you want to have fun you want to be creative and and that's the most important thing to us okay cool so you said earlier that this is your first time playing D&D right yes so what about it so far that you like about it? So, you know, I, we started and I'm like, I can literally do anything. And I chose a paladin and I was like, I'm going to be an evil paladin. I, you know, I don't want to be the strictly traditional. 
and I just couldn't stick with it. It's <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like I felt the need to, I guess, conform to what most people would consider a paladin. But like, I guess this is my first character. This is my first real connection to D and D, and I don't want to think of that character as a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But just the creativity that it allows you, uh, I think, is the most intriguing part to me. Okay. Yeah, no, that is very true. Um, it does. I, to be honest, um, in all the years I've been playing d and I've maybe been a player a handful of times, so I've been a DM more than anything. And so I do know what you mean. Like, it's especially when I make a character. I mean, as I've gotten older, if I make a character now, if it dies, oh, well, who cares? But, you know, especially when I was younger and I made character, I'm like, oh, I finally get to play. (laughs) So I want him to live and, you know, be special and all that. But, no, I know what you mean. I've had some campaigns um, where my players had the same character for, like, two, three years ongoing. Wow. So it's I, I know what you mean. So it's your first time playing. Your first time playing Fifth Edition. Are there any? Is there anything so far you come across that you don't like about it yet? What I don't like the um, the lawful good, chaotic, like the whole system in general seems kind of outdated to me. Um, you, everything right now is fluid it seems like so like playing a person who is you know lawful good i feel i shouldn't have to make like the most righteous decisions all the time because like if you define your character as lawful good then throughout the story people are always going to know what to expect of your character and to me that is less interesting Okay, I can see that. And, I mean, you can bring up Game of Thrones as a good example where there's really not that fine, clear line of good and evil. Right. There's a lot of gray in between. And it is something that's tough because you... In, I guess, the realm of D&D, and especially depending on what campaign you're playing, a paladin, for example, your class is... The majority of the time, going to be a good class, correct. But you know how how is it supposed to react if you have to make a terrible choice? You know, you can bring up Star Trek. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. You know, right. what if you, I don't know, you play a campaign and you have to kill a child in order to save a thousand people? You so know? in in our actual campaign, we were in the pit of redemption. Um, and basically, the three of us, you know, were set out to save the world. And there is this part where we have a choice. It's we have to sacrifice Durf or a small child. And I'm, you know, thinking, all right, well, for the greater good, I'm, I'm sacrificing this child as the paladin. <laughs> and they're like, uh, you can't do that. And I'm like kind of that's we have to move the story along somebody has to do it yeah um so we ended up you know cutting that out leaving that on the floor uh and jamal 
basically said he was going to sacrifice himself, and we worked it out from there. Yeah, um, I remember that episode. Yeah. So that was one of those moments where I'm like, well, sacrifice one to save many, and yeah. he's just not allowed to do it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to – um the, my audio is cutting in and out here. I don't know if it's for you. I'm going to turn off the video here. Sure, so no problem. Let me see yeah. if that makes it any better. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, it's not a problem. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely a good episode. I will admit I have the last episode I've listened to was episode 17, the part one on Dragonspire. I've kind of been letting it build up a backlog because I just want to binge listen. Yeah. So, um, how how far in advance do you guys actually record? So, we are... We just recorded this past week. We recorded three episodes. And we have a one-shot that we are doing on December the 6th. So, that'll take us through the end of the year. Okay, cool. Because we only re- release um, every other Monday. Yeah. So, you know, all of us kind of busy and we'll get together and record for three to four hours and joe normally can make that into at least two episodes oh okay okay that's good to know i i was thinking that every time you guys get together it's one episode oh I'm no just thinking, oh man that's a lot of <laughs> yeah that's a lot of editing well normally joe it is still a lot of editing for joe because he's very specific and he likes it in a specific way. And then uh, around episode seven or eight, we had Jacob Pretty come on board and start adding, you know, ambiance music and background music to our episodes, which is amazing. Oh, so yeah. Joe will epi- Joe will edit the episodes and then send it to Jacob to add the music. So it's a, it's a bit of a process, but I don't have to do it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to say, like I mentioned earlier, you guys were the first actual play podcast I've listened to, and you guys have kind of ruined me now. Because now when I've tried other actual play podcasts, and I'm not hearing, you know, the, the, the background music or the, or the cool, or the cool little things that you do with your characters and all that, I'm like, uh, I, I try to give them, you know, three to four episodes, and I'm just like, it's just not as good as you guys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you guys, I really you guys appreciate have definitely re- raised the bar, and Ian, I even say that because um, a few of my friends have mentioned the Adventure Zone with the McElroy or McElroy brothers. Yep, and they're they're good, they're funny. It's just it in a I guess it's not entertaining. Well, it's entertaining in a in a comedic sense. But it's not. I don't know how to describe it. It's. I guess it's not entertainment on like a movie sense or or audio. I, I don't know. It's just. It's just a a different. You know. I guess if you had started with the Adventure Zone, you might also view us in that light. Uh, but I know Joe listened to the Adventure Zone. Uh, critical Role. Like he was a very big listener to the actual play podcasts. And so I know he drew some inspiration from those yeah. in the forming of our content, I guess. Okay. 
Yeah, and and that's not to downplay that um, all the other ones I've listened to are bad or anything. It's just not at that production quality level. That's the word I'm looking for. When we, very early on, like that's our biggest, I guess, not concern, but regret, is that, you know, those first two episodes, first three, uh, we feel like our production quality was really lacking. Um, And if we had just taken the time to ensure that we had everything correct and set up like we did the later episodes, we feel like we would have, you know, a lot, a good amount more listeners. Um, just because, you know, it's easy to listen to a podcast, and I do it myself. I listen to the first one, two, three episodes, and if the production quality is bad, I turn it off. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. It's um, I do the same with, you know, since I'm primarily a magic podcast, I'll do the same with that. It's whenever I see a new magic podcast and, you know, I, I let the first one or two episodes slide because yeah. it, when I go back and listen to my first two episodes, it's it's terrible. It's yeah. really, really bad. And but you try to learn, you know, from those. And there's some magic podcasts out there. I'm not going to name names that are two, three hundred episodes in and their quality is still terrible. Yeah. And it's just I, I don't I don't know. How, how do you guys do this without even caring just a little bit how it sounds? It's. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, if it doesn't matter how good your content is, if it's terrible to listen to, if it hurts my ears, I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I mean, do you think Joe Rogan would be as successful as he was if he had terrible audio quality? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe, because he's Joe maybe. Rogan. But. <laughs> <laughs> not a Joe Rogan fan? Oh, wait, you're not, or? No, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I to be honest, I have not listened to his podcast. I don't... My interests are pretty small. Um, mostly I stick to magic, fantasy football, audiobooks, and every now and then some poli- political podcasts, but I try and keep it small. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Which political podcast do you listen to? I'm not going to get into politics here, but I'm just interested. Uh, Pod Save America? Pod Save America. I don't think yep. I've heard of that one. So, uh, did they were on the Ringer Podcast Network, and then they started their own media company. Um, more democratic leaning, I guess. It's the oh, easiest okay. way to put it. Okay. Yeah, I try to. Um, and like, not trying to get into politics, but it's. I listen to. I try to listen to both sides. You know, yeah, Democratic gets, and Republican. It's but yeah, just I try, but it's so hard. Yeah, because it's it's frustrating because there are oh, okay. I, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, let's. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't want to talk about politics because it's just it's not uh, worth it. It really isn't. Like discussing politic politics. If you're not in person and you're not with somebody who you know will. Yeah, listen to your argument and be thoughtful. It's just not worth talking about. Oh no, I agree completely. And it's just, and just the way, I guess the social political climate is nowadays. It's, yeah. Oh god, it's, and you, you see it on Twitter all the time. Yeah. I don't. I do no po- political comments on Twitter. I don't retweet. I don't like 
or try not to. Uh, uh, I try not to either. <laughs> it, and it's and, and that's what I find fascinating, especially with these Twitter arguments. Is no matter what your position is, you know, left, right, whatever, you you can't change someone's mind online. They're just going right. to double down. Yep, hundred percent. And it's it it is hilarious in a sense to watch it, but then it's just oh god and. And especially with magic, I, I don't know how often you follow the magic community on Twitter, but it's there's always something going on. It's regardless of what position you hold, it's always the same thing happening over and over. It's very cyclical. Yeah, I follow a fair amount of magic personalities. I guess I would say uh, lean more towards the tournament scene. I don't really enjoy Commander, so. You don't like Commander? I know. I'm one of those How people. There you go. <laughs> now, I, I enjoy Commander when I'm not feeling competitive at all. It's, yeah. And even though it makes it sound like I'm addicted to Commander, I don't play it as often as you'd think because I have like 10 Commander decks. It's just I, I think I love building Commander decks more than actually playing them. I hear that quite a bit. I have played Commander. I have tried it. I built a Z-Drew deck, and Ooh. I was giving people things, and apparently they did not like what I was giving them. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's the whole point of Z-Drew, is you give people terrible gifts. Right, and I thought they would enjoy that, and they did not. I was not invited back. <laughs> Oh, I've built some pretty degenerate commander decks, and it's um, it's maybe fun to play them one, once or twice against unsuspecting people, and then it's not fun after that. Like, yeah. I try not to make my decks way too competitive. Like, like I've had some infinite combo decks, and they're just boring after, yeah. after a while. I um, can see that. And I do love me a good group hug deck. Because I, I like seeing shenanigans happen and people getting angry. <laughs> so. That's my favorite thing is I like to be the person, you know, I'm the person who in modern, I like Lantern. Oh, no, yeah. no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm currently playing in modern is oh, uh, no. the war list of Lantern and it is a blast. No. <laughs> like, it, like seeing, It's a blast for you. Seeing your opponent's face, like as the soul just is sucked from them slowly, is the best thing. Um, oh my gosh! Oh. So my Twitter name is Stasis for Life. That tells you everything you need to know about me and my relationship with Magic. That is my favorite card, no matter what. No. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, don't get me wrong, I love a good control deck. And my favorite deck in modern is Grix's Delver, but I play a more control variant oh, really? of it than a tempo variant. And I love, you know, I guess two for wanting people, you know, bolt yep. snap bolt. Value. Oh yeah, I, I love it. And just seeing their faces where they think they're ahead in a game and then I just do whatever sequence of events and they're just done. Yep. Um, and I love, you know, games two and three when I bring out the good old blood moon against Tron or <laughs> crumble to dust and just watch them cry. Yep. 
<laughs> and that feels great. That's why I like Lantern. Like I just get that from the start. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, one of my when I was just at um Grand Prix Atlanta a few weeks ago, and the first day when I was playing Modern because I did all the side event challenges, I didn't do main event. Sure. And um, like the one tournament in Modern, I faced nothing but lockdown decks that were perfect against me. Um, you know, one guy played Blood Moon against me, which screwed me. Like I could, and I couldn't find a way to overcome it. And then another guy just kept spreading seas all my black and red sources. I'm just like motherfucker. Right. And Why? then and then I played a red white prison deck who just chalice of the void one and two me. Yep. Just well, there goes there goes you know my games there. But Guess I I'll not, go sign up for the next flight. Yeah. But I did not go up against any lantern at all that weekend, and I was really afraid I was going to be. Yeah, I mean lantern is kind of just in flux right now. Uh, with were recently coming out and people are still trying to find the optimal lists uh so a lot of people are slowly switching from black green over to the base blue yeah yeah that's i've I've always played against the um the base blue one every time i've played it um the the big deck now that is going around not only just death shadow i can beat death shadow because you know they kill themselves so much it's it's it, i'm usually pretty lucky enough to do a bolt snap bolt against them yep and um but i was going up against um some five color humans as well yeah and you know game one was a struggle against them and then game two was just blood moon turn three and they just watched me as I pinged them away with a <laughs> with a what a lowly little snapcaster, and that feels <laughs> that feels great, right? That's what you want to do. It it feels great in a sense, but it's also you know I, I guess I'm a bit sympathetic to the other player. Like see, he literally couldn't play, and he he was also a nice guy. If it was you know an asshole player, I'd be like, yep, whatever. Yeah, you but know? like you know, you're you choosing to play a five color deck in a format that blood moon is a thing yeah you know that's that's gonna happen to you oh yeah yeah so um, what other formats do you play i play standard modern legacy uh that's i'll play whatever really what what um what decks do you have in legacy sneak and show four color delver i mean the only thing i don't have is a tabernacle so lands is out. Um, oh man! But if I have my choice, I'll probably just play sneak and show. I used to be a miracles player. That's obviously <laughs> it's not what it was, so I don't enjoy it as much. Yeah. Uh, so now sneak and show is kind of where I stay. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I only have legacy elves right now, so um, I'm slowly building um, Grix's Delver. Because that it's my favorite deck in modern, and I want to play it in legacy. I've played it on X Mage a bunch of times, and it's fun. And um, but it's definitely a much different deck. One, there's the list I'm playing has no snaps, um, and it's knowing when to force of will and what to force of will as well too. Are you playing the four color versions with Deathrite or just straight Grixis Delver? Um, hold on, let me look at my list. Um. 
pretty. It, it might be the four color because it does have tropical islands in it and volcanic. Well, no, not uh, yeah, tropical islands. Yeah, because that's the blue green one. So that's probably for death rite and maybe abrupt decay. Yeah, it has um death rite in it. Um, and yeah, one abrupt decay in the sideboard. Yep. So, I worry they're going to ban Deathrite Shaman. I guess I don't. I not really worried, but I just see that as the next thing to go from Legacy. Oh, but why? I mean, it's so easy to get rid of. It's it's so good. It is. It's re- it's a really it's, really good card, but it's not like it's impossible to get rid of though. It just allows you to do too many things, I think. Like, I mean, they, they basically call it a planeswalker on a creature yeah, for the most part. I mean, part. that's like, I feel like if he was a zero one, I would be a little more in favor of that, I guess. But, like, a, why did he need to be a one two? It makes no sense. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, don't freaking know. I mean,. He came out in what Return to Ravnica? Yep. Or, or what? It was in the Ravnica yep. set. The Return to Ravnica. Return set. to Ravnica. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is really, really overpowered, but I don't know. Like he, 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 he he's good, but he's not impossible. He's not. He's not impossible, but it just allows. Like, if I'm playing the Delver deck in a mirror, and I'm on the draw, and my opponent goes turn one death right shaman and i don't have an answer to kill it i feel like i've already lost yeah it, it is very tough because like playing legacy elves if i'm on the draw and they do a turn one death right and i do my turn one death right well there goes me ever you know getting right. any extra land or anything yep. you know because that just, just gonna, feels bad yeah they're just gonna death right in response to whatever i try to exile so yeah, I, I can see that. That does make sense. It's, I don't know. It, it would, I mean, I guess it wouldn't kill Delver. I guess Delver would just put snaps in at that point. Well, I think you would just go back to being like a three-color deck. You would just cut the abrupt decay and go without green, which I th- would be fine. Yeah. yeah. And you think they'd probably put snaps back in or? Probably some number. I mean, I'm not... I'm by no means a legacy expert. Okay. Um, it is the format I enjoy playing the most just because deck diversity um, really is the thing. And the format is relatively fast. So I can you know, finish my round, go get food, use the bathroom, whatever, and still you know, have time for myself before the next round starts. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was one thing that I did enjoy when I played Legacy in the side events. Even though I lost super quickly, it was it, it was quick. <laughs> you yes. Know? And I was able to, like you say, go to the bathroom, maybe get some food or, you know, go walk around or something, meet some people. And even, even modern, I guess it really depends. Like, especially if you're, you know, control versus control, hell, even... Even sometimes aggro versus aggro can be slow as hell, too. Yep. 
Well, you, or the the death right or the yeah the death shadow mirrors, you know, post board seem to just kind of devolve into like a staring contest for a bit, and then somebody will you know top deck a Liliana or something to break parity. Oh yeah, it it's kind of boring to watch. I don't know. Like I love I like playing Lantern, but I would never play it in a GP. Like in if I go to a GP for modern, I'm gonna play Grishol Brand, Storm, you know, something that is gonna end hopefully end my round in a relatively quick fashion. That's true. That's true, yeah. It's um Grix's Delver is not the fastest modern deck, but I've had a few I've had a few games where I won relatively fast, get two flip delvers pretty early and they can't stop it. Yep. You know, that that usually wins fast. Um, so what are you playing in standard currently right now? Currently in standard, I have uh, Teamer Energy Build and the Red Black Aggro deck. I've been seeing that going around lately. It looks interesting. I am so bored of Teamer Energy, and I spent because I went to F and M last week and played Teamer Energy. I didn't want to play it, but I didn't have anything else. And I spent, like, almost all Saturday morning the next day trying to find another deck to build. And I <laughs> and I was even trying some homebrew jank, and it's just, no matter what I'm going to build, it's just not going to be as good as energy. So, like, typically, every new standard format, you know, once the format, once there's a, a best deck, I will build that deck... And then build me something else to play. That way I kind of always have a fallback, um, you know. Or worst case, somebody shows up without a deck. I've got a deck they can play. True. Um, but I always want to have that deck accessible to me, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. It's I usually try to do the same thing. Um, the past few standards, I've been lacking on that because... I just haven't been that interested in standard lately. Like, I always have a deck and I'll play, but it just, I don't know. I, I, I definitely miss playing my collected company Bant deck or Bant yeah. collected company. <laughs> um, rally back. And then, yeah, before that, the four color rally, even though I played that deck and won a lot, I, I couldn't stand that deck. It was, it was basically playing solitaire yeah. by yourself. And well, I'm- it would, too, much, too many thing, triggers. <laughs> the good thing about the energy deck is, you know, you, all the energy cards, you know, you've had for six months, you know they're going to be good for another six months. Yep. So, I mean, I think I'm I'm slated to play in a, a, one of the Star City team uh, formats coming up, and they're like, all right, well, you're going to play standard. I'm like, all right, I'm playing energy. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Pretty so. much. It's, um, I was playing, um, was it, I, th- I can't remember if it was during Hour or Amonkhet. I was doing Jund Energy. Yeah. And, um, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. It was, um, it was with like Ronus and Hazarets. Right. Um, did, didn't have Hazard, but it had Ronus, um, you know, the Hydras. Okay. Um, had Winding Constrictor, uh, Walking Ballistas, and, um, um, the Glint Sleeve Siphoner before yep. she was actually before Seth Manfield made her popular. Yeah. Um, 
and just some other ones I don't remember. Oh, Glory Bringer as well too. And it was just that was just a lot of fun. I and, miss uh, Restoration Angel, Thrag Tusk, Unburial Rites, Lingerings. Like that yeah. was a lot of fun. Angel of Serenity. I don't know. And no, it's um, the standard I miss, and it's um, I do miss um, Ravnica Theros sometimes. <laughs> but, occasionally, but, occasionally. Well, I mean, you know, you, you miss the flavor of it. I definitely right. don't miss going up against mono black pack rats, right? And then, God, the fucking blue white control. That was my favorite. <laughs> I loved that deck. I liked playing it, but playing against it was just oh, jeez, because oh man, w- when was that? Wait, no, that was before M fifteen when I was playing that. Um. But my first standard deck, first one, it was, yeah, because it was Innistrad, and I think, um, crap, what's the one right after Return to Ravnica? It was Gatecrash. Yep. Gatecrash. That my first. That was the first time I went into standard, and I was playing Boros Reckoner. Yeah, I and love that I guy. Loved that deck so Aristocrats. much. Aristocrats. Yes, that was so <laughs> I, good. And I just loved just oh you're gonna attack me i'm gonna block with boros reckoner and boros charm and you know you're dead yep (laughs) always felt good oh yeah and um no that that was my first standard how long have you been playing magic for so i played in high school for you know a year or two and quit and then i came back in 2012 so i've been back about five years now okay 2012 that would have been m13 Yep, was out then. Yeah, that's that's when I came back too. Was M thirteen, but I didn't get officially like back in any kind of like constructed format because I was just playing casual. Um, I didn't really do standard until Gate Crash came out, and um, but I'd been playing since Urza Saga when I was a kid. Yep, and um, yeah, I remember back then, and I I love telling the story was. There, we didn't have any game stores or anything. I, I remember buying my cards at a baseball card shop. They just had a small little display of magic, and my friends and I would have to scrounge for basic lands because <laughs> th- we had no way of getting them except from booster packs and or from um, the the little um, the sixty card you know intro yeah. decks they gave out but it was never the right ones we needed or anything or they ne- or they didn't have the right color intro decks they had or whatever so we, i remember we would just you know if, if we were playing like a blue red deck like okay these forests are going to be islands as well too and <laughs> make your own <laughs> tropical island yeah exactly so and um no but that was always a lot of fun and and then yeah just like you back I played a little bit during college, and then 2012 hit, and that's when I've been full force stuck in it since then, and oh god, the amount of money I've spent. (laughs) I'm right there with you. (laughs) My wife is not happy about it, but I don't always tell her the full amount. Oh, oh, me too. Good thing she doesn't (laughs) listen to my podcast. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's... And I look at what I need to buy for my legacy delver deck where i basically just need to buy the lands and the force of wills yep and i'm just i mean i could go buy them right now but but i I would have a very unhappy wife yeah (laughs) 
one like you know how much how often do you get to play legacy you know not not very often i mean right. we my shop does do saturday night legacy that's nice but what i've been doing recently is going there in the in the early afternoon to do D. i'm trying to get a D scene going there yep and but then I'll, I'll we'll only play up until like maybe an hour half an hour before legacy starts but by then you know i'm kind of wiped from dming for three to four hours and i'm like i just want to go home you know i don't even want to play magic right because even though it's DMing, you don't realize how much that kind of wipes you out because you're talking throughout the whole time and, you know, having to remember all these rules off the top of your head and, you know, all that stuff. It's it's tough. Well, if you're interested in actually playing and not DMing, we the You Meet in a Tavern has a Discord where we have one-shots basically firing every week that you can sign up for as a player character. Oh, you're actually doing them every week? I thought it was only like a special thing, like a so one-time thing. we, the actual cast, we're doing a specific one-shot on December 6th, but we have volunteers from the community who have volunteered to DM their own groups, and we basically have a sign-up where, you know, you can say, hey, I want to, I've got November the 30th free, I can sign up for that one, and somebody will be DMing. You'll get to do your character sheet, full-blown, one-shot. It's great. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to check that out because I've tried to do a few online D&D things, and it either it never pans out or it, um, you know, it you do one, you do session one and no one ever meets up again or the dm and players you just don't really click with you know what i mean well i mean we you know those are the ones that you can sign up for our voice chat you know they are one shots Uh, we also have a a group that is currently doing uh play by post which joe the dm is taking part in as a player character so that's pretty cool i haven't gotten into that yet but it seems like they're having a really good time Oh, that's cool. Uh, I, I'll definitely have to... Yeah, I guess I'm not... I'm really bad at Discord. I am too. <laughs> so, it's I have it, and I even have a Magic with Zuby Discord, but it's I'm, I'm very rarely ever on it. And when I am on it, I'm just like, okay, what's going on here? Nothing's going on at all. Yeah, so like, I go into work, and... I forget to turn off notifications for Discord, and I come, you know, I'll go to lunch at 11 o'clock, and in five hours, there might be two to 300 messages. Like, it is incredibly active. We have people uh, from, you know, Canada, Spain, Argentina, the UK, uh, just a very active group from literally all around the world. No, that's really awesome. That's um that's got to feel good too when especially it's and I've experienced this too where you um you you come across these listeners and they said yeah they're from the UK or from whatever part of the world and you're just thinking like wow, this one person from the other side of the con- you know the other side of the world I mean is listening to this and it's and you and I, we grew up where 
that kind of technology just wasn't possible at the time, you know, where never in a million years that I think that I would be, um, you know, creating a podcast that ever somewhere all around the world would hear. Um, I got when one of my previous episodes, I had my wife on to talk about women in magic and, um, then we started talking about Star Trek because I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge Trekkie. If you can't tell, are you and, are you more Trekkie or more Star Wars? Oh, definitely Star Trek. I love okay. Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. It's I've seen all the movies m- multiple times. I've read the books, um, not every single book, but Star Trek. If I had to choose, like if it was a life or death situation, I could only watch one for the rest of my life. It'd be Star Trek. Okay. Um, and my wife's a huge Star Trek fan as well, even bigger than I am. Um, <laughs> so it's um, well. Well, anyways, I'm veering off the point here. It's so that episode that played, I got um, a listener comment from a girl in or a woman from Kuwait, and I'm just saying to myself, like, it, she was really, really nice about it. She loved, you know, my wife and what she said. But it just, I had to sit back and think, like. This is someone from Kuwait. I've, I've never been there before. You know, I know nothing about the country. And this lady somehow fi- found my show yeah. and listened to it. And it just blows my mind. It's amazing, you know? right? Yeah. It's it's crazy. And, and you know, I, I look at something like your guys' show and how much it's blown up. And it's almost got to be like, this is unreal. You know, it doesn't – it's it's weird. You it know? is – you know, it is incredibly weird. We are – We've got 20 episodes currently out, and we just surpassed 150,000 downloads in the U.S. Um, you know, we don't. I don't know what our international numbers are, and you know, we started as just something for us to have fun. You know, if it caught on, great. If it didn't, we were going to have a good time, and it's it's been amazing. Like people. You know, we'll reach out to us on Twitter or send us an email and just say such the nicest things. And it's like, all right, well, I'm I'm glad you all are enjoying this. You know, we are literally enjoying it as well. You know, I didn't yeah. think that I was wary going in just because I had never really played Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and I was unaware of the audience that Dungeons and Dragons actually had. I guess. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I was kind of ignorant of the fact of how, I guess, big it was online as well. Like I knew, I knew going in, or, or not that I going into it, but I knew about Roll Twenty and. You know right. how, how to play online and all that, but I guess I just didn't really know much else about the online community about it. You know, like Critical Role, um, you know Matthew Colville and some of the other people that make a lot of YouTube con- content and all that, and and other popular Twitch streamers that do D and D. It's like I had no idea about any of it. Yeah, me and, either. And then all the actual play podcasts. Like I said, I'll when Joe put up that post on reddit and i'm like oh let me go check it out and and it was just sort of like wait people actually listen to this is, is this actually a thing right and 
and I guess in a way it makes sense because there's podcasts literally about everything now and it's it's enjoyable you know like I said you guys make it really enjoyable there's um, another one I just started getting into venture maidens yep they um the the first few episodes were a little rough but once they started getting into their groove it it's it's been getting better um, I'm only on like episode three or four now but like I said first few episodes it, it was enjoyable but you know, just smoothing out the edges. Yeah. They're a very and, nice group of ladies. I joined them for their tomb of annihilation one shot. Oh, that's, that's right. Cause a, a bunch of you guys were doing that tomb of annihilation thing. Yep. Um, when that was coming out and, um, what do you think of that module? So the only experience that I have had with it has been the one shots that I was in, which was the venture maidens, uh, encounter role play and ours. Um, so it's been, it was it's limited exposure, but it's very fun. Like, there, it seemed like there were dinosaurs. <laughs> so yeah. it remind, actually reminded me of Ixalan. You know, yeah, dinosaurs, it, it really pirates. <laughs> Let's just jam them all together. Yeah, it, it, and I'm sure they planned that in oh, some yeah. way to for come out around the same time. But, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't played the module yet, but I have the book and I've read through about halfway through it. It looks hard as hell. <laughs> that, that is what I have heard. Uh, the, there's a play group at my local store who has played through it. And that's the feeling that I got from them is that it was very difficult. Yeah. That's what it definitely seems like. So now that you've been in this podcast for a while, are you deep into D&D now? No. No? Uh, <laughs> I, so I have a, I have a four-month-old uh, and a two-year-old. Oh, and congratulations. So, thank you. Uh, so really for the past two years, my time has been, bit, I guess, eaten up by them, which is, you know, a blessing it's great uh so really that's cut down on like my magic time um i have a limited amount of time to do dungeons and dragons uh, and so really i just try and focus on you know more than anything for my character i want to have a good story a uh, good direction um and so that's really where i focus most of my dungeons and dragons time on okay Oh, that makes sense. It's I completely understand with the kids thing. It's um, even when they get older, like I, mine are 14 and 8, it's still, I mean, yeah, I, I no longer have to wake up in the middle of the night like you do right. and all that. But it's it's even then, it's still trying to make that time to spend with them because, dude, I, I will say I love I love my oldest and all that, but she's getting to that age where... You know, she doesn't always want to be with my wife and I and all that. And you're just sort of like, it's like, no, they're slipping away. (laughs) You gotta, gotta grab onto it. My eight year old is still obsessed with us and all that. So we don't have that problem, but no, it, it happens so fast, man. Are those your only two kids? No. So my, the Veronica is our second child. Brody is our third, our first child. Uh, we lost after three weeks. Um, Ooh, and I'm so, uh, it's okay. 
and so that was actually in 2012, and that was kind of my impetus for getting back into magic, getting social interaction, um, and it's really the reason I play magic. Like I, you know, I go to Grand Prix, I go to PPTQs, I go for the social aspect. I go to hang out with yeah. my friends that I made, um, and actually, that's how I met Kirk was through magic. Um, oh, so, so he actually plays too? I thought yep. he just did Pokemon. <laughs> he did magic. Uh, when I met him, he's been doing magic, and then he kind of got out of magic and started doing Pokemon. Um, and so that's what he's doing currently still. Okay. Okay, cool. But does he still play it all a little bit? or? Uh, so normally when we finish recording, we'll play some, hang out, chat about you know the, the most recent tournament coverage, that sort of stuff. Uh, but he hasn't played in a tournament in a while. He'll come for, like, Friday night draft every now and then. Okay, cool. Well, that's so, good, though. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, met him through playing Magic. We became good friends. I was actually in his wedding been two years ago, I think. Um, and then Kirk and Jamal and Joe, you know, were kind of setting up the podcast and looking for a fourth person. And Kirk brought me in. So prior to the podcast, I had only met Joe and Jamal uh, through wedding festivities for Kirk. Okay, cool. No, that's that's really cool. Um, um, I, I will say this about Jamal where, when he plays Durf. There's just been so many times where... And I, I don't know if he's actually like this in real life, and I, I just go by what I hear on the recordings, is he's almost, to me, probably one of the funniest ones on there because he's his humor is so dry. Like, Joe, Joe will be describing something happening, and Durf is just like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> he's He is a lawyer by trade. So that's right. That's right. It fits. <laughs> and, like, I think that's one of the best things about our group uh, is we all have three very distinct kind of personalities and humor. And so people can generally find one of us that they, you know, that most appeals to them and that they can relate to. No, that's really cool. Um, no, I mean, like I said, I, I love all your guys' characters there. It's, um, I don't really have a favorite. I will say, um, I did get really sad early on when it, it was your sister, your character's sister, like, got killed. I was just, I, I honestly screamed in my car, like, no! We don't know that she's dead. Well, I, I, I know. We, we don't know for sure, but it's, as of right now, it seems like she is. Yeah, that's that's how I'm leaning, but they say <laughs> so, I have to be hopeful. Yeah, so that, that actually brings me to another question is... Um, how far in advance does Joe let you know, like, I mean, not exactly spoiling, you know, plot points, but to maybe prepare for something or, or like, does he give you any hints of like, hey, your character will have to prepare for this or something like that? Uh, not really. Uh, almost everything that you hear is uh, spur of the moment off the top of our head. Um, okay. The only ones really that he kind of gave us a heads up was like the background episodes, like I think seven point five maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
that's really been the only time where he kind of gave us, you know, and, and even then it was a, you know, you just need a general outline of your backstory and we'll just fill it in from there. Okay. No, that's interesting though. So it's pretty much everything we're hearing is off the cuff. Yes. There's no plan. I mean, Joe is obviously planning everything, but he doesn't let you, the players in on anything. Right. So like, um, Carl specifically, like the first time he goes to the temple to, you know, get his new holy symbol from Meshackle. That's off the cuff. Uh, speaking to the crowd in Corby, off the cuff. Yeah. Like, literally, like, <laughs> we, you know, and a lot of times it's like, do you have anything that you want to say? Joe will say that. And then that's how we end up with Kirk singing All Star by Smash Mouth. Because nobody oh, has anything to say. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um,. Jeez, <laughs> oh, um, oh my gosh, I had a question. I just forgot it. Um, maybe I'll think back to it. But um, oh, that's right. So I know. I think this is asked in your Q and A episode that um, and I, I guess this goes back to maybe Joe doesn't even tell you anything. If in the event one of your characters happens to die, is there any plans for? Like, is there any contingency plans for that or anything like that? Or that is not something that has come up yet. Luckily, uh, I honestly don't know if that's something that Joe has planned for. He hasn't told us. Um, there has been moments where we have been pretty close, but oh yeah. <laughs> but luckily, we have not had to broach that subject yet. Yeah, because I, I know we were talking earlier, it's a little bit different when you're recording a show like this, where, you know, I mean, if a team party kill happens, you know, it happens if you're playing in a game face-to-face, but with a show like this, if there's just one episode where <laughs> you guys are in a fight and you just all happen to die... Yeah, just... like... <laughs> oh, man. I think, I, I personally think that we would end up just killing off the story and starting new because uh, I think if if we all died in combat or something and we said alright we're going to go back and cut that part out and re-record I feel like people would know you know I don't know yeah. and you know we we're doing this for fun and I think there's people that think it would hilarious, be hilarious if we all died. I It'd don't know. be hilarious, but it'd also be sad. It would just be... It's like, we have to know what happens in the story. Is Eugene the Dark Lord or not? <laughs> Eugene is definitely the Dread Lord. That the Dread has, Lord, that has right. already been determined uh, by everybody <laughs> in the Discord. Oh, so, man. At least we think... Yeah, that that's just too funny. Um, no, um, yeah, man, it's like I said, I, I I love the show. You guys are doing something really good, and um, it's if anyone in my audience that has not listened to it, like I said, I know I'm mainly Magic the Gathering, but I do have D and D put in there, put <laughs> in here every so often. 
and if you are even if you're not a fan of playing D&D, I mean just listening to you meet in a tavern is entertaining. It's it's very entertaining because even though there are you know the episodes can slow down when you're in combat and right. um I I feel like you guys have gotten better with speeding up the combat. I don't know if that's editing or just in or what? it's a like in general, you know, we just didn't really know. So before we recorded the first episode, Joseph said, "All right guys, we're just going to go through a sample combat, you know, see how you do just so you can kind of get the flow." Um so, you know, the three of us pulling a cart, whatever, we get attacked by, like, three wolves. Should be a fairly easy fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, we all died. We didn't kill a <laughs> single wolf. The cart burned. He's like, yeah, that was really bad. You all are not good at this. So, over time, we we have been getting better, uh, you know. This we our last recording. I finally started casting more spells, so that actually helped a lot. Um, yeah. We're getting there. It just it's taking us time, but like the last recording we had had a good amount of combat, but we figured it seems like we have st- slowly figured out ways to make combat more interesting. I guess. Yeah. No, that that's definitely for sure because. Like I was saying, the first couple episodes, the combat. I mean, it, it, it's it's exciting if you're familiar with D and D and know what's going on. But someone who's not familiar, they just may be like, oh, "This is kind of boring." Yep, you know. And but as I, as the episodes have gone on, it's definitely gotten more interesting because it's gone faster. You guys know what you're doing with your characters now, and it's not so much of oh let me look in my you know the player's handbook yep. and figure out what spells I can use when we've talked about going back and re-recording like the first two to three episodes but that feels disingenuous I guess you know yeah I don't know if you can do that now right because I don't I don't think we could and it wouldn't be the same at all right you know it, it would feel it feel very phoned in yes and so you know, at some point we'll finish our current storyline and we'll start a new story fresh and, you know, we will have learned, you know, kind of what we're doing and it'll hopefully be better. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely excited to keep listening. It's like I said, I've only listened up to episode 17 right now and I'm trying to let it keep building up a little bit because I, like I said, I'm just going to binge them yeah. really quickly. <laughs> and it's it's because I, I was waiting, you know, what is it, every other Monday you guys are releasing right now? Um, unless you're a Patreon supporter, and then they get them typically Sunday. Okay. Something like that. How, but, how, does, that, how does that work? Um, because I, is it, you only get it early in, in the Patreon feed? So typically, yeah, Joe will post it in the Patreon, like in the, I guess the goes out to our Patreon supporters like an email saying a new episode has been posted. Okay, okay, yeah, because that's one thing that I'm terrible at. Like even when I, you know, I'm a patron of some other people, it's I I, I never check their Patreon page at all. 
So the only one I really check is the game podcast because every now and then I'm like, oh, I'm playing in a tournament today. What does Jerry say I should play? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. So, okay, that's cool though. So I didn't know that you guys get you can get the episode early if you're a patron. Um, what level support would you have to do for that? I can check. Let me check real quick. Because I am Joe does all the Patreon stuff. Okay. Because uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Is it the the five dollar one or is that the fifteen? No, the no. fifteen is for people who would like a character in the oh story right. arc. Yeah. It looks like it's all sold out. Okay. Yeah, we, you know, we have ha- we've got a couple people already in, um, and they are recurring characters typically. So you can't have makes it hard to have too many of them because we let them, you know, say what they want their name to be. Uh, okay. So I. Th- might that's just be like, the one dollar. Oh, that's not bad then. Because like okay. at one dollar you get like all the music, which you know is all specifically made for the podcast for our episodes. Uh, so literally, that's the only place you're going to be able to find it if you enjoy the music. You know, I, I definitely have like the music. It's um, it was surprising to learn at first that Joe was doing it all. Right. And and now it's um Jacob Pretty. Yep. Is that how am I saying it right? Yep. Pretty Jacob Pretty. Uh you can find him on Twitter at P R I D D Y Jacob. J A C O B. Okay. And he's he's great. He actually plays in a play by post with Joe, I believe. Okay, do do they play on that one um that website that Joe has mentioned before? Um Oh crap, what is it called? I, that Ethereal Planes or I believe that is it. Yes. Um, not 100% sure. G- gamers Plane. Gamers, gamers Plane. That's yeah. Yes. Cuz I've tried joining in there, but it's I I have a login and characters and all that, but Every time that I've looked, I'm, maybe I'm just looking at the wrong times. There's just never a D&D game going on or looking for players. But then again, I'm not looking very often, too, so that's my fault. Well, I will <laughs> I will send you an invite to our Discord uh, with a link that if you want to post in your podcast notes or wherever you would like so that people could join our Discord. If you oh, like. no, definitely. I'll, I'll put it in the podcast notes. Perfect for the or the show notes for when this gets released so to listeners listening now go look in the show notes it'll have all the links for you meet in a tavern on itunes or should i which one would you prefer the itunes link or the Podbean? either one okay whatever we're on Podbean, itunes i think we're on all of them yeah i'm on a bunch too and some of them i I'm on that I didn't even know I was a part of. I guess they just pick up your RSS feed yeah. for them. So. Now, I'll probably link just both Podbean and iTunes because that'll be the most common ones. Right. And, um, yeah, and I'll put a link to the Discord as well, too. And um, 
Yeah, man. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and, you know, talking about one of my favorite podcasts right now and also talking about a little bit of magic, too. Thank you so much for having me. I This has been a blast. It's not often that I get to talk magic, get to talk D&D. Uh, it's been great. All right. Well, no, thank you again, man. So where can people find you at? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Stasis, the number four life. Uh, they can find our podcast on Twitter at YMIA Tavern. Uh, Joe is on Twitter at Joe the DM. Kirk is at Doobsnacks, D-O-O-B-S-N-A-X. <laughs> and Jamal is at Tins Nasty, T-I-N-Z-N-A-S-T-Y. All right, man. It's, um, like I said before, guys, if you have not listened to this, even if you're not into D&D, listen to them. They're really entertaining, and hell, you may even want to dive into D&D as well, too, after listening to these guys, because it's very, very entertaining. Well, like I said, Brian, uh, I want to thank you again for coming on, and you know, have a really good Thanksgiving. Oh, so at the time of this recording, we're recording the night before Thanksgiving. By the time this comes out, Thanksgiving will already be over. But and everyone who's in the U.S., you know, have a great thanks. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, and hope you have a good Thanksgiving tomorrow, Brian. Hope you have a great one as well. All right, thanks. Have a good night. Thank you. Good night.